Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who might stop by to ask for a cup of slab. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's Wood Talk number 373 for April 10th, 2017. On today's show, we're talking about vertical versus horizontal lumber storage, finishing uneven cherry, and being neighborly. I know a little something about that. I have cool neighbors now. It's kind of neat. It's like a novelty <laughs> now, for me. Upgrade. Now, I got a, I got a, I got a neighbor upgrade. Um, and we just want to thank a few folks who helped us out over at Patreon. And that's patreon.com slash woodtalk, I believe. And uh, let's see, we have Christopher Carter and Kevin Bell. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate your support. And if you want to help us out too, go to patreon.com slash woodtalk. Pick whichever level you want, and we will thank you right here on the show. Make you famous at the beginning of the show. Uh, so thank you for your support, everybody. We really appreciate it. And let's just jump right into what's on the bench. And for me, I think it's mostly um, house stuff lately. I was laying brick <laughs> this weekend and mowing lawns and doing those things that like normal homeowner homeowners do in normal climates, you know? Uh, but it was weird. I don't think I have mowed a lawn in about 12 years. That's kind of crazy. How did it feel? It actually felt great. Tell me about the mower you're using. Uh, it was a Honda with what? that Honda. It's not mine. It was my neighbor's, uh, with like, like that, like, I guess lawnmowers have come a little, you know, a little ways in 12 years where a lot of them have that self propelled action. I didn't, I didn't know what I was dealing with. So I, I pushed the button and I'm like, Whoa, it was like just about, I had to keep up with it. So I was like, okay, this thing is pretty badass. Taking I like you this. for a walk. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I had fun, man. I, I used to mow lawns constantly as a kid. That's how I earned all my money for like video games and stuff uh, back in Jersey. So it's something I'm no stranger to, but man, when you have like 12 years away from it, you're like, Oh, this is, this is kind of crazy, but it felt good. I enjoyed it. So really enjoying the, uh, the weather here. It's just gorgeous right now. Oh, by the way, it has nothing to do with any of this, but I was driving out to lunch today and the neighbor across the street is getting some work done, uh, on the house, not, not her, but, uh, <laughs> some, that, that phrase means different things, different places. So I keep hearing a saw and it's a very familiar sounding saw. And then I drive That's past and the guy stole my saw. I'm like, dude, no. um, I'm looking there and, and the guy's got a whole, uh, festool rig out in the driveway. And oh, so nice. this is like a local crafts person. He's got a capex and an MFT sitting in the driveway. And I'm like, you know, it really is interesting. I know there are pros, obviously. That's kind of their target market. But how often do you actually see everyday craftspeople who, who are doing jobs on houses using Festool? I mean, I, I, um, I haven't seen it. Granted, I don't have. I only on it. Festool's YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> Everyone uses it on a job site. You know, but I think that that's, it's interesting. And I'm wondering from the audience, I mean, people who have had work done on their houses or uh, renovations done, have you ever or worked on on themselves or worked on did yourselves? Use, did they use a K-Pax? Honestly, I that mean, that, rhinoplasty. Uh, that domino can be good for adding things, <laughs> you know, getting a little more volume where you need it. Um, <laughs> so I would love to know from the audience, wow. just out of a curiosity. domino implant. Yes. Man, we were going priest. Pretty solid for a while. And then <laughs> it went off the rails right away. How, how long did it take us to get to that point? I mean, uh, that, that's pretty good. Not very long. We're getting good at that. So I'm, I'm honestly curious. How often at, in the U.S. do you guys see people using Festool on the job? I would love to know. <clears throat> and how often not in the U.S.? Because supposedly Festool is real big in Europe, right? Yeah. Is that true? I think, I mean, is I've it heard, all just lies? It's propaganda. All lies. It's Festool propaganda. German propaganda. It's green Kool-Aid. I've actually heard 
from people who do live overseas who say that it is very common. So I've heard that multiple times. I don't know how true it is, but people have said that. So I don't know. But I just I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I wanted to go talk to the guy. And he'd be like, dude, get out of here. I'm working. I'm not, I'm not doing this for <laughs> get fun. Get out of here, kid. You're me. <laughs> you do it for fun. I don't. I'm trying to make a living here. So anyway, uh, woodworking-wise, I'm just kind of in between projects right now. I've got the uh, dining chair project started, but it's still kind of in a planning phase. Uh, picking up lumber probably tomorrow, and we'll get started on that, which is why I shaved. So now I'm clean-shaven. Well, as clean-shaven as I get. Uh, so that my respirator works a little bit better. Oh, I was going to say, why does shaving have to do with going to the lumber yard? <laughs> trying <laughs> well, to make a good impression or something? Yes. Uh, Still hi. trying to woo this lumber yard. <laughs> Hello, good open. sirs. I am here for some boards. Um, no, it's basically wanting my respirator to work properly during the milling phases of the project. And honestly, I have noticed uh, when my beard is thicker and I wear that respirator, I smell the dust more. I actually do smell the things I normally can't smell. Um so yeah, so it's got, it's still got me thinking I'm going to have to go on this shaving and beard phase as the project just kind of progresses. Um, but I do miss it. I miss not uh, having the, the facial hair. What are you going to do? But Matt, you shave want, too. What's your excuse? Well, I was going to say for you, I want to see you commit so much that you just shave the areas where that respirator meets your face. Yep. So that's just the clean. <laughs> yeah. That'd be the, the sickest beard thing ever so like a reverse goatee sort of thing right like <laughs> you basically well, no no you can still keep the goatee you just have yeah. to shave the lines where the the mask contacts your face oh see i was thinking like you just perforated goatee. i was thinking you just draw with a marker around it and shave everything on the inside of that yeah. <laughs> so you just or have you the could just use you could use like double stick tape and just tape it around so you get a good seal yeah there you go <laughs> of course when you pull the tape off it'll it's a, a nice waxing basically. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, but that's it for me. Um, what do you got going on, Matt? I spent, uh, most of the last week sick or actually probably almost all of last week sick really? on the, uh, yeah, when we're doing the anniversary show, I was coming down with the flu oh, and like, man. it was hitting me like really hard when we we're doing the show. Mm-hmm. I felt like crap. And then like after the show, I went to bed. Yeah. So it was it was bad. And then like I was down for like Tuesday was terrible. Wednesday I started feeling a little better. I managed to get my shop update out. And then like Thursday I was bad again. Friday I was a little bit better. Uh, my parents were in town Wednesday through Sunday, so my dad was here. And I felt good enough on Friday to get outside and do something. So we uh we stacked slabs or moved slabs around all day pretty much. Just nice. getting my area behind the shed for that's all like my drying area is all ready to go that's for the new stuff I've been cutting. It's been slaptastic. We brought this this stack of slabs in here. So that's, one of those is giving me my outfit table. I don't know which one yet. Okay. Nice. Will be. <laughs> when you say <laughs> in here, what table. is in here? What is that room that you're in? This is my basement. Okay. That's cool. It's a walkout basement, so it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to get stuff in here. Mm-hmm. That's the slabbergasted storefront. Boom. Slabbergasted. Oh. <laughs> so so these are in my kiln right now right <laughs> nice that's cool man yeah it was just good to say we spent time with my dad and what i wanted to mention today was it's kind of funny like when i was younger i didn't have a whole lot in common with my dad so like we didn't like talk a whole lot it's like what do you mm-hmm. talk about but like now that i'm like a grown-up or like an adult person or a lar- <laughs> bigger person or whatever, uh, you'll all grow that you know it's like you're like a big hairy talk baby. about like grown-up issues like right. grown-up stuff it's kind of fun you get parenting advice from your dad uh not, not really a whole lot at this point most of it's like 
this is how it was when you were a child. This is what we did. It was a lot easier back then because we didn't care as much. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, (laughs) that's what I gather from my parents. Uh, this is this is basically the sequence uh, of conversation. I talk to my mom, and then I talk to my brother, and I get both sides of the current feud because mom tried to tell my brother how to raise his kids, and yeah, it's not that way anymore, a, mom. Not a good thing. Well, when we were raising you, is this right? Cool. Well, Shannon, what do you got going on? I uh, I built a new tool rest for my lathe, mm. uh, one of those long twenty four inch long things for turning legs. This is one of those things that I have wanted to do for like probably six years Mm -hmm. and just never really, it was always like I was in a project when I could use it. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't really want to stop and do that and figure it out because really I could make one out of wood. I've seen people who do it on hard maple and everything, but I wanted to do it um, out of metal using the existing banjo thingies on my lathe. Mm -hmm. Um, Just get new posts that slot into the existing, because there are two banjos on my, um, my barns lathe. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of kept putting it off and putting it off. And then I finally did it and it was stupid because it took like an hour, you know, pull out the hacksaw, cut some steel rods to length, bored some holes through some angle and, and screwed it all together, yeah. tapped it. Uh, I was really hoping I could get the new uh, whisper taps so that I could ruin them in metal. Um, <laughs> see how that went. Not for use you know, just, in metal, please. Yeah. Just, just for, you know, karmic synergy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> get a wood tap and ruin, use it in metal for all the years I've been using metal taps and wood. Yep. See, <laughs> and, revenge. Uh, yeah. I mean, start to finish probably including the trip to home Depot. Uh, it was about an hour to do it. And man, what a huge difference. Like if you've got to create like a long taper on a leg or like a long flowing curve or whatever, the worst thing in the world is running to the end of that tool lathe or mm-hmm. tool rest. And it's not a matter of having to keep moving the rest, but like if you're making planing cuts and things like that and trying to smooth out the cylinder, it's, it's just, it's impossible to do it. Invariably where you stopped and moved the tool rest, there will always be that little hiccup and you got to go back over it and then you end up with a little undulation. Yeah. It's just one of those things that like people who do a lot of like chair leg turning and things Mm -hmm. like that, they've had this forever. Um, and yeah, now I understand why. It just makes it so much easier to do that. So there you go. Build a long tool rest. Nice. Okay, so uh, looking at the chat room, um, we do try to do this show live, sometimes more successfully than others. There's a couple of questions there. So we will take a question or two here or there, try to answer them quickly during the show. I think that'll be kind of fun. So this 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 one I like. Uh, what was the last text you guys sent to each other? This is from Snowy Pirate 07. Oh, God. <laughs> and actually the last text I was... I think it was all right. Was, do you want to do the show at 3.30? Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Should be able to. So yep, not very it. exciting. Uh, prior, Sorry you didn't get any, any meat on that one. Yeah. Now prior yeah. to that though... We, I think the last topic outside of woodworking, well, it actually is woodworking, but outside of preparation for the show, the last topic was Tommy Mac. And I just threw that into the what's new section um, because I think that's something we should probably mention or maybe not. Maybe he doesn't want us to. Um, so <laughs> too bad. We're yeah, doing it anyway. So he, if you he said it, he did. He put it out there. Um, if you go to any woodworking forum or public, you know, discussion sort of place, you're probably going to see a post about this. So I think what sometime on the weekend, Tommy put up uh, something on Facebook that basically said, I'm done with rough cut. And um, then he explained in the comments that it's just, he's tired. He's, you know, been doing it for enough years. There requires a lot of him to pull that show off and he's ready to move on to the next leg of his journey. Um, But of course, speculation starts to go crazy and it like, it's the internet doing what the internet does. 
Um, <laughs> Mark, why do you hate Matt so much? <laughs> look at him. Uh, that's my, always my answer. Just look at him. <laughs> just look at him. <laughs> Don't you just want to so smack him around? <laughs> smack him around a little bit? That's what I want to do. Um, so actually I, uh, I did text Tommy and just, you know, Hey, is everything okay? And I mean, everything's fine. It really just comes down to him ready to do the next thing. And what that next thing is remains to be seen, but it, it should be interesting. I hear he's teaching classes out of his new shop. I'm sure content is going to be a part of what he does at some point in the future. So that should be exciting for, uh, fans of his work. And it's kind of interesting, but you know, anytime these big PBS shows like come or go, it is kind of a big deal, you know, because it's still TV. TV, as much as like the internet has like taken off as its own venue that is in many ways more valuable than TV, TV still has that sort of cachet with some people. Um, so I think it still gets a lot of attention. I think the real question will be because TV is on the wane in a lot of areas, depending on who you talk to with the whole kind of cord cutting movement and mm-hmm. people turning to Netflix and Prime and Hulu and all that. Will it be replaced? Like Norm left. Tommy was there to fill the void. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy's been renewed for, I think, another three years. Um, is, uh, Scott what's Phillips. his name? Thank still, you, Scott. Yeah. Um, he's still out there doing his thing, isn't yep. he? Mm-hmm. I, my local Maryland public television doesn't carry woodworking shows at all. So I have no idea what's going on. But I just wonder, like, if they look at the market and go, what was the viewership like? You know, is it even worth finding a new host? I wonder if, you know, because this is essentially, even though it's rough cut, it's, you know, New Yankee Workshop Part 2, basically. It's the same same network, same, you know, everything. Same producers even, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that, well, WGBH oh, really? being behind. Right, it's the same uh, local station. But anyway. And I it's just following wonder, that format like, as well. I mean, it's... Will a, it be replaced? Because if I were a programmer, a producer... And I looked around at the landscape and said, ah, all this stuff's on YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. why compete? I, I would, I don't know. I guess it all comes down to if they can get the sponsors, they'll do it. It's a tough call these days. I mean, do you yeah. think, I think somebody like Tommy, he's got enough name recognition. I think he could t- do some serious damage. I mean, damage, good damage, uh, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I guess damage is just the wrong word. I think he could do some serious damage with a sledgehammer. <laughs> that's an area. I just feel like. Tommy's you know, pretty ripped, man. Yeah, he is. He could um, kick my butt. I think he probably could do very well. I mean, if he made the the right choices and and tried to produce content online, I think he could do good. And I think also the other thing is a lot of people, what what makes him sometimes difficult to watch for people is he's definitely has a Boston abrasive personality and he's like shot out of a cannon just in his personality. And I think his actual like regular personality, not, Hey, there's a camera in my face and I've got producers watching me and that whole thing when he's just being, Tommy, the average guy, uh, like his early stuff, right? When he was doing the Bombay secretary, uh, can be incredibly entertaining and he's a very interesting person to watch and, you know, a hell of a craftsman. So I think if he captures that sort of his genuine personality, it could, it could be good. It could be really good for him. It's, it is funny though, to watch how many people are giving him advice about getting into this thing called podcasting. And it's like, I don't wonder if people even know his history and know where he got started. It's like, cause like granted he had people helping him back then. It was a very different time. It was like what? 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. a very different time, but he's kind of, he has done that. <laughs> it's not like he's totally unfamiliar <laughs> to the guy, but some right. of the, the helpful comments are hilarious. Yeah. Well, I wish him luck. I think, yeah. I think you're right. He's got a, he's got the skills. Uh, there's no reason why he can't do something really cool. Skills to pay so. the bills. 
it'll be nice to see somebody like that who's been you know fettered by the chains of broadcast television yeah suddenly he has total freedom it'll be kind of cool to see what happens it'd be interesting um so jeremy ridley in the chat room um says that i i look like mini mark and that the silence the whisperer campaign has probably succeeded because nice. <laughs> my, my little window is so tiny Man, that was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> didn't have to do, do very much. I uh, lasted for like I don't know a day. Yeah, I kind of facilitated <laughs> that myself, I guess. Uh, okay, so moving on to what's new here. Uh, hey, Mark, Matt, and Shannon, this is from Austin. He says, "Just wanted to share a video that we made for Sons of Sawdust and Rigid. Thought you might enjoy it, and it's a Vimeo video. And everything about this is the Vimeo video that we describe." Uh, oh, yes. Every couple of episodes, we seem to talk about the slow motion the high frame rate video of like incredibly mundane things that just look awesome because they're, <laughs> they're filmed in slow motion, like the keys shaking, uh, in the ignition in the truck. And it's, and I love it. Like, here's the thing about it. It's, it is a super high quality video. Like the people who made this know what the heck they're doing, but it does fit that thing that we kind of make fun of. And I feel bad because I think it's a, it's really well done, but it's so overdone right now. Um, that I watched this and I was just like, I love it. I think the people doing it are awesome. And the people who are the subject of the video are awesome, but I've seen this video a thousand times, <laughs> even though I'm watching this one for the first time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yep. I just, I just loaded the, the, just the wallpaper, just the thumbnail. I've seen it already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole, <laughs> it's, it's, playing, but it I've starts seen it. off with, you know, a sander on a very uneven surface and it's like, <laughs> and again, I don't want to be insulting because I appreciate Austin sending us the link. I'm sure the people involved in this project are oh, great. <laughs> but man, this is exactly the the stereotypical thing that we have been talking about. And the problem is, I guess it's a, it's a good thing because it's beautiful. Oh, and, and the soundtrack. Yes. That's. It's deep. Yes. Careful. It's so deep you might fall in. That's awesome. So anyway, I feel I feel that. bad because I'm kind of being negative about it. It's just we've seen that so many times now that it's I, I can't appreciate it as much as I would have maybe five years ago. <laughs> I'm still gonna watch it. No, because, dude, yeah. totally watch it. The <laughs> message is fantastic. There are fantastic people in it, so don't don't take it for that. It's just I don't know. You eat too much lobster, eventually you don't want lobster anymore, which is like unfathomable because it's delicious. Who doesn't love lobster? But if I had it every day, I don't want it anymore. Mm. By the time I get to the end of a trip to Maine, I'm kind of done with You're it. You're done with lobster. So, exactly. Yeah. Usually two or three days in. Yeah. And digestion can't well, handle it. Well, we know how that. it is when you're at your second home, yeah. your tertiary <laughs> <Yeah>. home. <laughs> All right. I think, Matt, you got the next one. I do. I do. If we're done talking about uh, stereotypical working videos. Yeah. We're done crapping on someone's hard work. <laughs> <laughs> but like a love crap, you know? It's like a. Yeah, I love it. Friendly love crap. Exactly. It's a very good way to put it. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Anyway, this is from Dan. <laughs> says, have you guys seen the new show that Nick Offerman and Amy Fuller are putting together? It's called The Handmade Project, and they'll be showcasing people making things by hand in a typical reality competition type show. Should be pretty great. They're looking for people to be on the show, so you should probably apply. Here's a link. It's a bit of a long application, so get some coffee or grape soda first. Hmm. And it is stinking long. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It, yeah, I was seriously going to put Mark in. Like, <laughs> as a joke, up. right? And then I was like, this would be the most like <laughs> I would, most dedicated thing I've ever done in my life. To pull <laughs> off this prank. Yeah, that is a long way to go for a prank. 
I was like, there's too much. There's like Otherwise, too many yeah. open-ended questions. You'd actually like, have to answer them to get them to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Speaking of things that are tired, how about the uh, reality show competition format? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised it's still there. I mean, I love the fact that this is featuring Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler, the two incredible comedians who I'm a big fan of. But do we have to have another competition show? Can it like can't they come up with something else? Like honestly, those two are probably going to make this show watchable no matter what happens in it. But I right. just don't feel like these artificial constraints and things that are created, uh, typical stuff that's done in a uh, competition show. Ugh, I'm so over it. Like I, let, let's do something else. Come up with. A, I'm sure they have better ideas. It's just a question: Could they sell those better ideas to uh, a TV network to get a show? Done. <laughs> I think I think they're being sold to uh, Amazon Original and Netflix Original content because yeah. that seems to be where the only like original content is coming out of it was shows that are making a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. it'll. Be, I mean, it'll, again, it'll be good. You got some really, obviously a woodworker comedian. You, you really can't beat that. He's he's an incredible talent. Amy Poehler's just um, awesome in everything she does. So it'll be worth yeah. watching. But I just wish it wasn't a you know competition thing. That's like the one thing that makes me like absolutely not interested in doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're put in these situations that like, I would totally do it, but like watching like any of the other shows are like, here's these stupid constraints that are like, like, I don't want to be in that situation. Like I personally, like I would not want to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's why I would never apply for it myself. Enter enter your worst (laughs) enemy into the show because they're going to be put through the most unrealistic constraints. You're right. Yeah, build this piece of furniture in five minutes. And you know what? I'm not good uh, just knowing no myself. Pocketables. I'm not good I'm under that kind of pressure. I mean, if you guys, I mean, do you guys feel like you would perform well under this oh, hell no. time? No, material? not a chance. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would curl up into the fetal position and cry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to be super I would, I would creative. Hope I, was, I was like, I would lose the first day and be off the show. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, it was an honor to be here. Yeah. I'm out. Thank you. See you later. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Well, we're three, we're three days into it and Matt is still sawing his uh, lumber. So, <laughs> right. well, I need my slabs. <laughs> <laughs> they're like okay here's your challenge ready go matt's like where's the forest me <laughs> the nearest cops of trees i'll get in my pickup truck <laughs> go okay now i have to build a bandsaw mill i know how to do that <laughs> any fallen trees around here <laughs> no okay oh see this is this is a show i would watch <laughs> right <laughs> matt trying to Good. trying to rush a milling process <laughs> all right well now i only have to wait a year for this to dry so uh see you guys in a little while <laughs> No, 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 I'll blow on it. I got, I got air out. Air blow on it. <laughs> oh, he's very, he's dedicated that one. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this next one comes to us from Wade. He says, I saw this the other day on the news leading up to the uh, final four. And uh, that's basketball folks. For those of you who don't know. Mm. Um, and it's actually interesting because I came to this story from a different angle, uh, working in the lumber industry um, this has been kind of popping up on various industry news kind of aggregation websites. And it is the story of the the basketball floor um, oh, where they yes. put the whole final floor emblem and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually it's a um, like a photographic journey from Forrest uh, all the way out to the uh, installation on the floor itself, mm-hmm. which I had no idea. I mean, I guess you, you look at the floor and go, oh, wow, that's very cool. And you just kind of. I, you start to think about it and go, yeah, I guess somebody had to actually Someone like, had to that and put it like, together, install that floor. It's yeah. not a decal. They didn't call sticker mule. 
and just like put it down over top of it. We need a um, basketball floor. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, you know. And it talks <laughs> about the number of hours, the number of jobs took to do it. It's uh, it's a very visually attractive uh, uh, story to see. Yeah, it is everything felling of trees to the pretty floor with uh, sneaker scuff marks all over it. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Stupid before we uh, before we move on, Jeremy. Nope, I said that one already. Uh, who is it? Ryan Renard wants to know who has the most childish humor. Between Mark. the three of us. Yeah, I was in Mark. Probably Mark. me. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. <clears throat> most most of the time, Matt and I are trying to conduct business on text, and it's Mark that... <laughs> I'm just doing pee pee and poop jokes. Yep. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. There all you day. go. There's your humor right there. <laughs> I also make fun of other people in the online woodworking world, and the only two who get to hear it are, are these two. So... <laughs> And you'll never know because it never goes outside of that circle, but I do like to make fun of people. It's yeah, mostly true. me. Yeah, it's it's usually me sending pictures of Matt of himself. Like, look at this. <laughs> look at this idiot. All right. <laughs> okay, so we do have a quick uh, kickback oh. here from Mr. DeVries. Heard from him like twice in the the anniversary show. Oh, hold on. I can't find it now. There it is. It was under the slabbergasted. Here we go. I have two pieces of kickback for Shannon. One, talking about the geologging of the trees in the rainforest. You said something about that making them legal. So my question is, does that make them legal timber for all debts, public and private? That was a joke. And the second thing is, there was a campaign where people were collecting cell phones. Uh, these cell phones are to be used in the canopy of the rainforest. Uh, had a separate program put in them to be sound activated, so that the sound of chainsaws they would send an alert, then they could triangulate off from these phones that were in the canopy to try to catch poachers. I'm not sure if they're still working with that program or not, but um, that's something that they were trying to do to catch poachers out in the rainforest. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Hmm. Poachers. <clears throat> hmm. So the funny thing is, is they listened to that right before the show. And I just spent like a whole bunch of time Googling to try to figure out what Bob is actually asking. Cause I <laughs> thought he said, is it legal tender? Both that's public and private. And he made a joke. He made a pun legal timber. So yeah, I did all this research to figure out exactly what he could be asking. What did he mean by yeah, that? That went right over my head because I'm right there with you. I totally I was like, didn't what? get that he said timber, not tender. So this is what well done, Bob. Up. Yeah, nicely well done. done, Bob. Um, the second one is a is a legit program. It was um, started by a nonprofit, uh, uh, non governmental organization, an NGO, mm-hmm. to collect the cell phones and and just listen for illegal logging. I don't honestly know where that stands right now. It's been going on for a couple of years. I don't know if they like failed to catch anybody. Um, I do know that there are many, many, many things in place to monitor illegal logging. Lots of flybys and flyovers over certain concessions, things like that. Because um, now that there is so much regulation on, see, you can fell trees in the forest, but and if you want to make money on them, you've got to take those logs out of the forest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you get to sawmills, and then when you get from mills from logs to boards. There is so much, so many checks and balances along the way that unless you can state where those logs came from, no one's going to touch them. No mill is going to touch them. So you could saw them into boards in the forest, but then you're wondering, well, where do these boards come from? Because there's so many checks and balances to show 
where this had to be sawn. So a lot of times the people that get caught um, are because something showed up downstream and that causes somebody to do a flyover in a specific area. They look at the lumber, they tend to figure out kind of where it came from. And then they do a flyover and they find them in the air. So mm. I think they've had more success with that, but you know, it's just, there's lots of stuff. The cell phone listening thing is just yet another um, program that's trying to control illegal logging. Right. Cool. All right, got one here from Jason. He says, in regards to unplugging the saw when changing the blade, on my saw stop, there's a second power switch that can be shut off. So if you are one of those rare people with an extra growth on your leg, you could still prevent your growth from turning on the saw without unplugging. I'm sure saw stop isn't the only brand to have this. Honestly, from what I've seen, they might be the only brand to have that. Have you ever heard of another saw having like a secondary shut off switch? That, that, no, other that than a plug? Turn off, like mostly a turn off the electronics. That's okay. the idea with that. Gotcha. Hmm. So, well, is I've it, never, I've never seen on any other saw like that before. Right. That's what I'm thinking too. All right. Well, good to know. At least people that you know who have saw. I'm stops sure someone will let fine. us know if there is another saw with a secondary. Power I mean, switch. any other saw I've ever seen has an on-off button. <laughs> you know, like an on-off switch, and that is it. And the plug is <clears> the only <throat> secondary power. Uh, Shen, you're up. Oh, I'm not. Can't be. Mm-hmm. Can't be my turn. Yep. Where are Your name's right there. Kickback. Item number three. Oh, sorry. Rob's long um, response. It's like scrolling to, down and scrolling down. Yeah. It's the stupid magic mouse thing that makes my, like, the, the spreadsheets, like, jump crazily. I'm like, what? Where are we going? So, yeah, this is from Rob. And uh, it's talking about the RF kilns. Uh, he says, I have not experienced a radio frequency kiln, but I have used a VacuPress 1000, to be exact. <laughs> Ooh, thank Sold you, by Shannon. Ronco. <laughs> and the people who brought you ShamWow brought you VacuPress 1000. And a juicer. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting because this is similar. Instead of using RF, it uses uh, cycled hot water. So if you hook a juicer up to it, you could use like cycled carrot juice instead of hot water. Mm. And that, that hot water runs through aluminum plates and it basically sucks out all the moisture generated through, um, through the plates. Um, but he said, I wanted to pass along my feedback since loading and unloading the kiln came onto my plate as a small custom furniture shop sawmill. The pros of it is the turnaround time. You could mill a log, let it air dry for a month, throw it in the kiln and have flat dry material. That was a 10% moisture, two to three month turnaround for 12 quarter material versus one to two years. Sure. You could say that one okay. to two years is a bit of a stretch, I think, but sure. If you're just air drying it, I suppose. Um, the cons are the, the kiln has a bunch of different setup plates where you stack a layer of material, then a plate, the material, et cetera, et cetera. They cover the whole thing with this membrane, I guess for the vacuum, kind of like your vacuum bag type deal. Mm-hmm. The struggle came from the fact that everything on that layer had to be the same thickness. So there, there was a large deviation of more than a half inch. You could easily crack those pricey plates under the immense pressure. Oh, that's interesting. So just the the stickers, if you will, those plates uh, didn't like unevenness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Since they were dealing primarily with live edge material, you'd be surprised at how difficult it is to get the best yield per layer. Yeah. Lots of straight line ripping was needed at various points to get things to fit. That's kind of what I was talking about last week, where if you have dead air in a kiln, uh, it doesn't dry as effectively because then you've got, you know, uh, first of all, you've got to heat it higher to get everything, all that dead air um, to the same temperature, but you know, you're also wasting space. And that ultimately is the biggest issue with the kilns, just space, you know, trying to get uh, 
a bunch of lumber in there and then vacuuming it all out, you know, you get a really, really large space to create a vacuum chamber. You might as well work for NASA. <laughs> that's, that's the only other place that has really large chambers they can suck all the air out of. Right. So anyway, good good to hear straight from the horse's mouth. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate mm. that. Okay. Yeah. But he said. <laughs> but I actually what I found interesting about that was like the the radio frequency kilns. You don't put anything between the slabs at all. No. Nope. Which is just cool. not necessary because the whole thing yeah. penetrates a hundred percent, so it doesn't really matter. You could put a giant, you know one giant hunk of wood in there that filled the entire kiln or you can just dead stack um, everything through because there's no there's no air exchange like there is in a normal kiln it's all through a radio frequency well, it sounds like I don't did they this uh, like vacuum therm whatever it was thing was called come before the uh, radio frequency kilns were out because it almost seems like like the radio frequency kilns like solved all of the issues with the vacuum kiln at least yeah. that was described here the well, plates I mean, this this does seem a lot more cumbersome um, than yeah. the uh, the RF kiln. So I I don't know I don't know the um the the uh, timeline there. I would imagine this is a precursor to the uh, RF kiln. Who knows? Some thoughts, some thoughts for you all today. Enjoy today's thought. thought of the day. Deep thought thought of the day. By <laughs> 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 all right, this one is from Brian. It says woodworking can be such a rabbit hole to the point of paralysis. You can waste a weekend over learning how to sharpen or build your own plywood cyclone. <laughs> what I love most about Wood Talk and your websites is that it brings me back to the common sense basics. You inspire me to get back to worrying about building projects and furniture, not overanalyzing every detail. Thank you for common sense. Don't you feel <laughs> like someone else might write that same email and say exactly the opposite? Yes. <laughs> Like you guys focus More too much on minutia and you spend too much money on tools and who can afford to have, you know, a giant bandsaw mill in their backyard. Like I haven't I guess, heard that one yet. No, I, I just, I'm going to send that email in when we're done here. But, um, I feel, I almost feel like someone could, could view that from a slightly different angle and criticize us of being part of the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, uh, I don't care. I'm always going to reference this one. At, at this is point. the one we believe. We choose to to align with uh, with Brian's thinking here. I like that. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, I think it's about that time again. You know what time? My favorite time. Everybody's favorite time. Shannon's lumber industry update. I was like, oh, it's a little longer this time. No, it's just, it's like 27 seconds long. And it, every Sorry. time you listen to it, it feels like it gets longer. <clears throat> oh, I failed. I tried to go over the low A flat and failed. Can't do it you anymore. You suck. I've gotten old. Low C is as low as I can do. Sorry, people. So, yeah, we're talking about lumber. Um, did you know that southern yellow pine is in trouble it's in trouble because of this southern pine beetle devastating our forests alabama is expected to lose 11 billion dollars in southern yellow pine stock because of the southern pine beetle that little dirty rotten bastard he's taking them all if you're if you're not aware all the pressure treated lumber out there that's southern yellow pine um so there's there's a mass scramble uh, to try to figure out you know we're making uh, construction lumber out of southern pine. We're making treated lumber out of southern yellow pine. 
And as I talked about a couple of weeks ago with the softwood tariff causing Canadian softwood, which is one of the largest producers of softwood in the world, all that stuff's going to go up dramatically in price with, well, proposed soft, uh, softwood tariffs. So there's a lot of people wondering what the heck is going on. What is the deal? What's the deal with, with, with softwoods? With softwoods. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's going to end up happening is there's a lot of higher end softwood products, like clear vertical grain stuff that's used for like siding and like um, appearance grade type things. We're going to start to see that fall out in favor of really construction lumber because you got to have studs to build the buildings. You know what you're using. There's more options for the siding and things. So we're starting to see some of that CVG stuff fall away in the more traditional domestic species, which is lift a lift. It has left a void in the prime um, softwood material in which Siberian larch is now coming in to fill the void. Uh, So that's it, people. Red Dawn, the Russians are here. Larch is taking hold in the U.S., and it's actually a really awesome product. Trying to put a positive spin on this as best I can. (laughs) As forests are being devastated all across the southern United States, there is a a Russian product, um, Siberian Larch. If you're not aware, Russia is quite large. Siberia is huge, and it is filled with boreal forests. Hmm. Lots and lots and lots and lots of old-growth uh, softwood and larch is very similar to fir in appearance, but it's it's like 100% clear. Now I'm sure that that's what we're seeing is 100% clear because there's so much of it. Um, but it is really beautiful stuff, and it started to filter in into the clear vertical grain stuff that we're seeing. It started filtering into the timber market as well, mm. just because there seems to be so much of it, and it's available in just about. You know, if you want big timbers, great. Here you go. You want CVG stuff, great. Here you go. Um, and what's crazy is it's really affordable. It's actually coming in lower than some of the price points of the domestically sourced softwoods. So there's lots of economics and politics and stuff in place here that all kind of point to, ooh, that's not sustainable. But for now, it's a brand new product that really is, is I'm very impressed with it. I've had some chance to play around with it. We've had a couple uh, guys come to the yard and do presentations on it. And uh, I think we're going to start to make a move into it. We're certainly not the first. So mm-hmm. you might start to see Larch showing up in your um, softwood stores now. Good stuff. Wasn't that the, uh, the, the butler in the Adams family? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like in Lurch. This is where Matt goes, what? what's the Adams family? Never heard that of one it. I do know. Okay, good. And that was before yeah, that all of our times, frankly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different generation. Okay, uh, let's see. So I've got a voicemail here. And I didn't actually listen to this one, but it's from Diami. So I, put, I know he's probably not going to curse or say anything funny. So, I mean, not he might be funny, but like bad funny. You know what I mean? He's not going to say anything. I, I just insinuated that he's, <laughs> he doesn't say anything. fact that it's not you know, going to be entertaining at it's all. It's Diami. He doesn't know how to be funny. <laughs> you know what I mean. All right. I guess there's a belated congrats. Hi, guys. This is Diami from the Modern Woodworkers Association. And I know I'm a little early here, but I just wanted to wish you congrats on 11 great years of podcasting. Keep it up. <laughs> I enjoy listening every week. <laughs> okay. See, it wasn't funny at all. I told you. <laughs> uh, so that's Diami. They have a great podcast over there at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. It's where you can actually find out about the association as well as the show. looks like last episode they had uh, Freddie Roman on, which is pretty cool. Uh, nice. t- Tim Sway before that. So they actually get some- He's uh, going to start a podcast. Cool dudes there. He's talking about it. Who? Freddie Roman? Freddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. I'd listen to that. Up and down. All right. So let's uh, let's see. If you want to- <laughs> 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 wow. 
<laughs> I don't even know what I meant by that, but uh, leave a voicemail for <laughs> us fabulous. on Skype. Uh, username is Wood Talk Online. And you know what? I forgot to pay for our phone number. I don't know. Does anyone use the phone number? Most people call us through Skype because I'm getting cheap. I may not pay for that anymore if no one uses mm-hmm. it. So let me know. It's like Matt Vanderlis. It's like his bat phone. It's- yeah. That's true. To get in touch with you. Yep. All right. Let's get to our email. So first one here from Jason Christensen. He says, what's the pros and cons of vertical versus horizontal lumber storage? And I feel like we've talked about this before, but I don't know if it's ever been a direct question. Uh, While it seems appropriate to attempt to rip on Mark, I, why does it seem appropriate to do that? (laughs) That's what I want to know. It's always Uh, appropriate. Says I was not able to find a good angle here. Mark, you need to start stickering your boards and with crazy expensive chisels so that we have more ammunition. Anyway, I have a bunch of five quarter cherry for my trestle tabletop that has been broken down to the, on the first stage of milling right now it's stickered and sitting on my garage floor. I'm hesitant to stack it vertically as I want to keep it as flat as possible. But this brings up a question. Am I thinking about this correctly? Is vertical worse than horizontal? Seems I've, uh, let's see, I've seen mixed opinions in the guild page and other online forums. And I'm also in the middle of organizing the shop and will soon be creating lumber storage rack. This question is coming up at good time. Thanks guys. So, uh, you know, this is just my opinion. I don't store my stuff vertically except for small cuts, you know, things that are just like four, less than four feet. I would say that fit literally below my rack. I think for most people, this is going to come down to your storage situation, your floor space situation. So if you look, think about vertical storage, it is stacked up against the wall and you can have multiple layers of boards. You can fit quite a few in a fairly small um, footprint, but you are taking up floor space. So if, you, if floor space is a premium in your shop, but maybe you've got a little bit more wall space or you've got good tall ceilings or something, to me, the, the wall hanging horizontal storage is probably going to be the best way for you to go. But let's say it was the opposite situation and I have tons of floor space. I might go vertical because I think vertical is easier to sort through the material to find what you're looking for. Think about, about like the board that's under five other boards at the top of a horizontal rack. That sucks. You know, assuming you have the clearance, there's the other one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have, I have seven and a half to eight foot ceilings in my shop. Right. So there's not a lot of room to move around there. Yep, exactly. So generally, if you do have that, that room vertically, uh, you could just very easily move a board out just like, you know, like I do when I'm buying lumber at the the lumber place, they have all the stuff just kind of stacked vertically and I could move them around, pick out what looks good and then put everything back when I'm done. So I think it's just kind of depends on your situation. The one thing I can't really you know, speak to from experience is does the board do anything if it's on that slight angle? You know, and the one thing I will say is most people agree. You don't want these things directly on like untreated concrete. You don't want to put, cause think about it. It's the end green of the board. And if that's in contact with something that could potentially wick up moisture and pull that into the board. So I, you know, if I were to have these things vertical, I would have probably a platform or something for them to sit on. But from, you know, especially you know, Shannon, you obviously know a lot about the, the, the storage of this stuff. Are there detrimental effects to vertical storage for long-term purposes? Because my gut would say long-term, go horizontal just to be safe. But is there any real risk there? I don't really think so. I mean, we're not – maybe if you stored it at like a really acute angle with no support <laughs> underneath it, but yeah. now you're talking about huge amount of floor space, you know? Right. But if you're stacking – I mean, you think about your Home Depot rack – you know, there's a slight angled back 
to it, and mm-hmm. they've just pushed all the boards up against it. And they're essentially dead stacked in there. So they're supported on a length. And that's what people are worried about is that cantilevered uh, effect where you could get the bow in the middle from gravity pulling it down. I think that's really, really overstated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only way that you're going to get any serious amount of, of distortion is, you know, if you're not supporting the board like that, right. in which case, you know, you're taking up half of your shop with this board that's extended five feet out from the wall and leaning up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, most of the, of the time primary... it's, almost, it's almost perfectly vertical. Like if you're doing yeah. a small version of this at home, I mean, what? How how far off from 90 is that board to begin yeah. with? Not very far. Right. Well, and, you know, I think I've said this when we talked about it before, a lot of lumber when it's initially sawn is stored vertically. Um, usually in like an X formation. So you've got them leaning on their short edges Mm -hmm. and they're crossing one another in this X formation. And that's just causing gravity to drain out the um, unbound water. It's a great way to drain the the stuff not in the cell walls, the free stuff, Mm -hmm. free water, free water. Water's free. Um, Good news, everyone. It it just, it falls at the bottom because the board is stored vertically. If it's stored horizontally, it's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to sit there and pool in the middle. Um, but one of the primary reasons that lumber is stored horizontally is for space purposes. You think about it, when you put it in a kiln, if you, you, if you stacked it all vertically, you'd have to have, first of all, a really, really tall kiln. But you also wouldn't be able to band it and kind of control the movement that happens in a kiln. You can't stack it or weight or anything like that when it's stored vertically. So it's stored in the kiln horizontally. If you put it on a truck to ship it somewhere, it's got to be stored horizontally. Mm-hmm. You can't have a bunch of vertical boards sitting on the back of your truck running down the highway at 65 <laughs> miles an hour. Not without getting pulled over anyway or getting, you know, decapitated under bridges and such because you're 22 foot long board. Um, so it gets stacked for transport. So then it shows up at your local lumber yard. What do you want them to do? Unban it and completely restack it vertically? No, yes, they're going to stick it in the shelves horizontally. Um, and then you but go to most retail lumber yards and there'll be that little section kind of, you know, off to the side where it's a bunch of boards stored vertically that have like been off cuts from other boards and things like that. And they've just stuck it over there in the corner. So I don't see any detrimental um, side effects. Well, and that that brings up a good point. When you do see a lumber place that has a self-serve area, they want it to be as easy as possible for you to get those boards in and out and they're vertical. Yeah. So there's definitely something to be said for that. Well, cool. All right. I think that just about covers it. Um, Who's next? Oh boy. That's me. No. Yay. Oh, this is from Brian. Do you have any issues with neighbor complaints? It looks like Matt has his giant bandsaw in view of his neighbors. Have you ever got noise or size complaints? Do you do anything to keep them happy other than not working late? Great show. Hello from Houston. Brian. I guess you guys can jump in on this one, too, if you'd like. Okay, here are my thoughts on it. Oh, sorry. Too soon? You can go ahead. I don't care. You want to go first? <laughs> no, I'll let you go before I Matter talk over you. <laughs> um... No, I have never had any noise complaints. Yes, my saw is in view of my neighbors. It's in view of the public park by my home. Um, I've never gotten any noise or sawdust complaints. And I keep them happy because I'm not an (laughs) (laughs) a-hole. But what if they're a-holes? I, you know, I'm really lucky. I don't really live next to any of uh, any of those folks. Yeah, everyone I live by is really nice, super, you know, fun, and we're all kind of like friends. We have block parties in the summer. Um, That's good. That's important. We look out for each other. You know, a few times, like, I have a truck. People need to pick up furniture at a furniture store. Yes, I will go pick up their furniture with them. Yeah. I don't do it all the time, but it's like, 
I do neighborly favors. They want to borrow a circular saw or a drill. A cup of slab. I got those. Want to come borrow a cup of slab? Oh, I'll I'll set you up with a cup of slab. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, you there will. Cup of slab. Cup-o that's what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, be prepared to do favors. I mean, that's one thing. When I moved into this neighborhood, it was like a clean slate. Nobody knows us, and if we want to be neighborly, fun, you know, nice to know people then we got to be willing to like help them when the opportunity is there. You see the guy trying to wrestle a king size mattress in his house, maybe offer to help him out. You know, he'd be a lot less likely uh, to, to, to call, I don't know, your HOA or whatever. Um, if, if you're giving um putting out too much noise or a little bit too much sawdust, you know, how much I'm curious, Matt, how much space do you generally have between homes in your, your neighborhood? Um, let's see 15 to 20 feet. About, yeah, about that probably. Okay. Between my house and my ne- next door neighbor's house, like you see on my videos, uh-huh. it's 20 feet from my uh, house to his garage. So that's pretty close. That so how loud yeah. is the bandsaw mill? Quieter than my chainsaw, quieter than my lawnmower. You know, it's still okay. a noise generating thing, but uh, the mill itself is, you're talking about like a minute and a half to two minutes of noise per cut. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do like a whole big log, it's like Compared 10 to 30 10 minutes to, of the chainsaw running. Yeah. Yeah. The chainsaw for a log, like the logs I've been cutting would be like 15 minutes, full throttle chainsaw Oof. going nonstop Ugh. for 15 minutes to make yeah. one cut. So that's 150 minutes. No more than that. I'm sorry. That's way more than that. Um, whatever. That's a 225 long time. minutes of full throttle chainsaw noise versus 20 minutes now. Of not as much, not as loud, but more spread out noise. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 20 minutes of noise. It's not that bad. Yeah. Like I can mow my lawn in a half hour and I still make more noise and more dust even right. than that. And, and it's, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, that, there is the cool factor. People are like, the, hey, we got a cool sawmill in our neighborhood. Is like, I don't know if people like, don't understand. Like My neighbors actually are impressed by it. <laughs> like... I believe that. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the situation we're in too. Everyone around me knows what I do and not one of them has given me flack about it. They're just excited to have a woodworker in the neighborhood for whatever reason. Like they think it's cool um, that, that I make furniture. Yeah. And I think if you get like enough, like, I don't know if you're like friendly enough with your neighbors, you're like, you're actually friends with them. If they have a problem or you're like doing something they don't want you to be doing at that moment, they'll come tell you. Cause mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're if like enough. I was a, I had a problem with a friend. I would just tell them, like, I don't know what the issue would be, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I'm i sick. I'm trying to take a nap. Do you mind if you just use your sawmill some other day? Absolutely. Yeah. It's never happened, but, like, sure. I don't, I don't know. I'll do That's something else. Do. It, <laughs> sure. was, it was like the other day. I, I texted Matt. I was like, look, man, I, I, I think we're close enough that I could tell you this. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> so... There's that. <laughs> Matt's losing. It I finally we're close enough to tell you. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we are close enough to let you know. I, mean, I kind of hate tell you this for years. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh man, I'm gonna get that text now. I already know it. <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll do it right now while Shannon's talking. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, let's see. This one comes from Matt. He says, can I finish cherry that is darkened over time, except where something was laying on it? I have a piece that I haven't had a chance to finish it, and I was using it as storage for some boxes. Now I have uneven aging due to the boxes. Should I sand everything again, or will it all balance out underneath the finish? P.S. No idea what I want to use for a finish. Um, 
I picked this question because I've been in this exact situation, seeing how slowly I work and my my um, <laughs> penchant for not finishing things until like I've got seven or eight pieces piled up. Um, so I've had many a cherry piece that for one reason or another, there's been, you know, part of it's in direct sunlight during the day, the rest of it's not. And and certainly cherry is a great example of this. We'll darken to that kind of brown color and you may still have the pink light color on the other side. I say take the whole piece, stick it in the sun. You would be surprised what an afternoon of sunshine will do. Like, you know, a couple hours will probably even that out. Second of all, it's going to continue to even out underneath the finish. So it's not like when you put the finish on, there's not going to be any more color change. Oh, we'll absolutely continue to change color. But personally, when it comes to cherry, I like to tan it anyway before I put finish on. Or some people will put like a, a boil linseed oil and stick it in the sun. I don't know if that's supposed to speed it up or not, or just gets it deep in and moisturizes Anyhow. the wood so it doesn't dry nourishes the wood from inside. <laughs> um, I don't even know, depending on the finish you use, depending on how many solids, the solid content of the finish. Um, whether the finish is even going to retard the changing of the color. Like if you put um, a gloss finish on there, you might get some reflection or whatever, but you're still going to get a color change. So I say stick it out in the sun for the afternoon. You might be shocked at just how quickly that will even out. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to even out anyway over time. There's no reason to sand everything back if it's already finished ready. Now, if it's been sitting around long enough, you might want to do a little touch up anyway because you never know what, have settled onto the surface and you got dead bud parts and you know <laughs> random dust that's gotten been there so long that it's actually like stuck to the surface on a nice gritty film so you might want to do that anyway in which case the whole thing's a moot point moot uh you know i'm going to take a slightly different perspective on that i would recommend sanding it um if he's already worried about it he's going to be like painfully aware of any difference <laughs> and from my experience that difference because you're right, it will eventually over time get there. But as the wood keeps aging, they're both aging at the same rate, but they're at different stages in that aging process. So they will still look different for a very long time. Uh, there's a, a mahogany table that I have that I had a monitor sitting on. And then we moved the monitors to different positions. And that was years ago. This is the um, mahogany gaming table that I made, that like weird trestle table looking thing. And I could go in there right now and it's been sitting in front of a window you know, since we moved here and was in front of a window back at the other house as well. And you could still see the outline of the monitor's base. It's faint, (laughs) but it's there, you know, so it's weird. It does take, at least from my experience, it does take a long, a long time for them to catch up enough that you aren't going to notice it anymore. So if it's not going to put you out too much to fin, uh, to sand that surface first, just do it, get it over with. And then at least you don't have to think about it anymore. So Whatever. Object, just a different, <laughs> up, different opinion. That's all. <laughs> I'm not contradicting that's, that's, you. I'm saying. That's why I say stick it in direct sunlight. Like, especially this time of year yeah. as things start to get warmer and the axial tilt of the earth in the northern hemisphere. See, now he's just going to use big words to make his, yeah, his answers. Yeah, that's right. Right. Damn it. Why do we have to bring the axial, axial tilt so of the earth? That's a big word. Yeah, well, A big you know. concept. Okay. Take advantage of your 23 and a half degree tilt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. All right. So do we have any questions from the chat room we want to answer? Anyone see anything? We did a few already. So we said we said we would. I have been watching, honestly. So they're not saying anything interesting? Nice job, guys, in the chat room. I didn't even pull it up. You guys stink. I did, and there didn't seem like there was any, but. In the beginning, there were. Okay, anyway. Not interesting to people listening at home. That's for sure. 
so if you uh, want to stick around for the email extra, uh, $4 and higher patrons over at patreon.com slash woodtalk will have, uh, I just lost my train of thought for a second, sorry. <laughs> we'll have access to, let's see, what is the topic that we're talking about today? I put it down there earlier. Uh, using unconventional things, repurposing things for the shop is going to be our topic. So uh, you can check that out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash woodtalk. And if you want to support us through other means, we have t-shirts available at twwstore.com. And you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Just look us up in the store and I'll actually read one here. I've got it all prepped. Uh, let's see. Pyromaniac Midget says, must, <laughs> must be good. I've listened to all 370 or so podcasts yeah. through multiple mats, adding a Shannon, losing some of the great bits along the way. Still love it and look forward to each and every episode, but I wish they still had the lady with the sexy, silky voice doing her bit every week. Yeah, we uh, we talked about Carrie in the 10-year anniversary show. We miss her too, but she's off doing other things. She's got a life, you know? What are you going to do? All right. Shannon, contact info, please. We have some of that. Yay. Available for free. Free contact info for everyone. Yay! If you need to contact us for info or to give info... There are several different ways to do that. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Woodtalk Online. You can call us, maybe, depends on whether or not Mark paid the bill, at 623-242-5180. Or just go to woodtalkshow.com slash contact. And there's a little fancy form there that sends stuff into a spreadsheet that we occasionally read, which is good. Um, or, why didn't this get carried over from last week? Oh! Or, <laughs> Woodtalk Online... <laughs> At gmail.com is our email address. Okay. I, I, I swear I put that in the notes last week. Yeah, I thought we did. Yeah, it's Matt's fault. Matt's it's copy and pasting from old. It's his only job, and you screwed oh. it up. Oh, guys, I can, hear, I, I, can, I can hear the capex cutting right now. I didn't duplicate <laughs> last week's show notes because it was so, it was it broke format. Oh, that's right. Uh, good point. Always have excuses, don't you, Matt? He does have a good point. This, this one time I actually had a decent excuse. You, you and your generation is what's wrong with this country. That's right. Lazy. That's it. Uh, can't help it. It's my generation. All it's right. my upbringing. So, if you want to check out our other stuff, you can go to woodwhisper.com, renaissancewoodworker.com, and mattsfault.com. Yes. Nope. It's nope. mattsfault.com. And also, last year. And also, Shannon wants to let you know that uh, the axial tilt is the angle between the planet's rotational axis at its north pole and line perpendicular to the orbital plane of the planet. That is all. It's very important. I want to know where you were reading that from. <laughs> Wikipedia, baby. It's All right. Like a pulse <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun stuff. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. See you. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>